The following message was recorded as part of the morning worship celebration of Lake Oconee Presbyterian Church in Eatonton, Georgia. More information about the ministries, staff, and worship offerings of Lake Oconee Presbyterian Church can be found on our website at www.lopc-pca.org. Let's look first of all at uh, the reading of God's Word from the book of Galatians. Chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. I want to ask you to stand with me once again, please, as we read God's holy word. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. In the Gospel of Matthew, the 11th chapter, beginning with verse 28. Jesus is speaking. He says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Would you pray with me? Father, as we gather today, we thank you for the Word of God, for the privilege to come and learn. And Lord, we ask that the Holy Spirit would give us wisdom instruction, guidance, how we may apply the principles that we learned this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for its truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you please be seated? I'd like you to think through the following scenarios with me and ask yourself, what do they have in common? First of all, how do you handle a discussion with a teenager? Secondly, what about how do you deal with a difficult neighbor, a next-door neighbor? How do you answer an irate telephone call, especially from a telemarketer? How do you defend your faith when someone wants to criticize your faith, how do you defend it? How should you respond to a difficult family member or an employee? Well, what do all these things have in common? The answer is we should deal with each one with gentleness. Over the past few weeks this summer, we've been studying the fruit of the Spirit there are nine virtues that are listed, and today we're going to look at the eighth virtue, that being gentleness, or some translate it as meekness. And let's talk for a minute about the definition of meekness or gentleness. The King James translation uses the term meekness, and through the years, the etymology of the word has changed so that now it's mostly translated as gentleness or sometimes even humbleness. 
humility and gentleness would be cousins to each other, if you want to say it that way. It comes from a Greek word, prathus, in which the old language referred to an anointment which was used to soothe the pain of an ulcer. Plato used the word in his writing of the laws when he spoke of a child that was asking a doctor that was treating him to be gentle in the most humble manner. It's used of a powerful animal that is tamed, as though it's this great power, but yet it's under control. The Old Testament sometimes translates it as poor, abased, and humble. Webster Dictionary says it this way. It is an enduring injury with patience and without resentment. Other translations overseas, particularly in French, translated in their language like this. They say that gentleness is sweetness, mildness, and a good nature. The gentleness is never self-important, but it is considerate, courteous, modest, yet trying... Uh, to, yet willing to try a, a job that needs to get done. The full life study Bible defines it as this. It is restraint coupled with strength and courage. One other author said, it is like a, a surgeon who uses a scaffold to cut away disease and yet does not cut away anything else that's necessary. Gentleness. John Sanderson in his book, The Fruit of the Spirit, says this, Gentleness is the opposite of arrogance, bitterness, wildness, or pride. It has to do with lowliness and humility in which there is no arrogance and only a delight to serve. He says it has been said that a gentle, that gentle is the person who is always angry at the right thing and never angry at the wrong thing. A gentle life is one tamed by God's Spirit, which one diffuses dissensions and cools hot tempers, end quote. Gentleness. Gentleness. There's a story about George Washington before he became president. On one occasion, he was fox hunting with a group of his friends. And uh, as they were going through the fields, they came across a wall and his horse jumped over the wall, and as it did, the back foot hit one of the stones and knocked it down. And General Washington stopped his horse. He went back, and he took the stone, and he replaced it back on the wall. And one of the persons who was fox hunting with him said this to General Washington. He said, you are too big a man to bother with that. And Washington replied gently, no, I'm just the right size. That's gentleness. That's humility. Let me show you a negative example of that from Scripture, if I may. Would you turn with me to the book of Luke, the ninth chapter, and verses 45 and following. Luke chapter 9, verses 45 and following. Here we read the account of an argument that broke out between the disciples. Verse 46. They were arguing about which of them was to be the greatest. Now, can you picture that? Here's the disciples whom Jesus has entrusted his life for three years. He's taught them something about humility, taught them something about integrity, taught them something about, about the Holy Spirit, power to do miracles. And they get in their inner group, and what are they arguing about? I'm greater than you are. Imagine that. 
Verse 47, Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and had him stand beside him. Now, the disciples didn't have to say anything. He, he read their minds. And he took this little child and he brought it up as a model, an illustration in verse 48. And he said to them, whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For he who sent, who is least among you is the greatest. They missed the sermon application. Here was a little child, and Jesus is teaching them humility and gentleness, and it goes completely over their heads. How do I know that? Notice the next phrase. And as time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem and he sent messengers on ahead and he went to a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. Now, let me just stop there. Jews and Samaritans did not get along at all. Samaritans were half a breed. And so the Jews did not like them. And Jesus is going to this foreign territory where he and his disciples would not be welcomed. And notice verse 53. But when the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem, when the disciples James and John saw this, they asked him, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven and destroy him? And Jesus turned and rebuked them and they went to another village. You talk about gentleness. You don't see it there. They're walking along. Jesus has been rejected. And what do they say? Lord, we'll take this matter on our own hands. We'll have the power and the authority like Elijah did in the Old Testament. We'll just zap them. We'll take care of this for you. Is that what you want us to do? Jesus rebuked them. And the word that's used there is a very strong rebuke. And they went to another village. They didn't get the lesson of gentleness. I'm uh, reminded of the other illustration in Matthew chapter 11 and verses 25 through 30. We read it this morning, but would you turn there briefly? Matthew eleven twenty-five through 30. Here's the positive example. Here Jesus was with his disciples and we read interesting in this text that there's a lot of theological implication here that we won't have time to look at this morning in verses 25 and following. But you see the sovereignty of God in God saving people as God chooses to save people. And, and you'll notice with me, if you would, that in verses 25 and 26, basically there's a prayer of the Lord to His Heavenly Father. And in 27 is a preface in which Jesus describes himself in order that we will believe that he's going to tell us in verses 28 through 30. And then in 28 through 30, we have this grand invitation in which the Lord Jesus invites sinners to come to him and to find rest. And, and notice what he says here in verse 29. Come to me, here's the invitation, and, and you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Now, the context of what he's talking about here is salvation not by works or not by keeping the law because you're weary. It's salvation by coming to him in Christ 
for repentance and forgiveness of sins. And then he says, verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And here he uses the word, I am prothous, gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. You may be here this morning and you may be one that Jesus is speaking to. Because maybe you're thinking that you're trying to save yourself by going to church or going to a Sunday school or attending church or living a good life. Trying to keep the Ten Commandments. Let me tell you, you can't keep them. You can't keep them. You, you fail in every one. You say, I haven't murdered anybody. Well, physically you may not have, but mentally you may have. You have. You say, I've, I haven't lied recently. Well, <laughs> you thought it. We all do. And, and, and you see, the commandments are given to show us our need for Christ. And when we come to Christ and he says to us, Come, you who are weary, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart. Do you know that verse 29 is the only place in the Bible where Jesus describes himself in certain characteristics? It's the only place. And he uses only two words. Gentle and humble. Gentle and humble. Do you find it interesting in the fruit of the Spirit? In Galatians chapter 5 and verses 22 and 23, that he lists gentleness as a characteristic of God and is a characteristic of God's people. That they're gentle. Often we're not. I'm reminded of that uh, story that Richard Dunnigan talks about when he took his children to the children's school carnival. And uh, of all things that they won at the carnival, they won four goldfish. So he went out Saturday morning to find an aquarium. An aquarium started at $40 and ended at $70. And he found one in this used store for $5, and it was filthy. It had the filter in it. It had the gravel in it. And he thought, for 5 bucks, I'll take it home. I'll clean it up. It'll be what I need. So he bought it. He took it home, and he, and he cleaned it up and for about two hours and got it sparkling. He put the four goldfish in there, and the kids were admiring the fish in the new home. The next morning, one of the fish was upside down, dead could figure out why. That afternoon, another one, upside down, dead. The next morning, went to go feed the fish. The third one was dead. And he's wondering, what in the world, why are these fish dying? So he went to a fellow in the church that had a 30-gallon aquarium who was a professional at this. And he came over and examined the, the aquarium. And he said, I can tell you what the problem is. He said, the problem is you use soap to clean the aquarium. You never use soap to clean an aquarium. Fish are allergic to soap. And you can't get it all out, and therefore, they're all going to die. Sometimes in our zeal to clean up our own lives or in the lives of others, we use soap killers. Condemnation, criticism, nagging, fits of temper. We think we're doing the right thing sometimes. 
But our harsh, self-righteous treatment is more than they can bear. Jesus said, I do it with gentleness. Let me just give you a couple of snapshots through the New Testament of how this is to happen. Would would you look with me in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1? And and here Paul says, if someone is trapped in a sin, what are you to do? How are you to handle that? Brothers, verse 1, chapter 6, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him how? Gently. There's our word, gently. You don't go to them and say, Why in the world did you do this? You knew better than to do this. He says you restore them gently. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a virtue of the Spirit. That's not something that comes naturally for us. That's something that the Holy Spirit has to produce within us to make us like that. And then Ephesians chapter 4. Paul's referring to living a a life worthy of the calling to which we've received. In verse 2, he says, be completely humble. And here's our word, gentle, gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another. How? In love. The book of Colossians, chapter 3 and verse 12, Paul says this, as God's chosen people, Holy and dearly loved, clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness. There's the word. And patience. The fruit of the Spirit toward one another. You see, gentleness is never false modesty. It is not self-depreciation. It is not some spineless refusal to stand for anything. Gentleness is never a cowardly retreat from reality which substitutes a passive selfishness for a real gentleness and avoids trouble in what it says. No, that's not it at all. It's how you react with that. Now, I want to show you in the Scripture the most gentle man that the Bible says in the Bible. Now, you might think that's Jesus, and probably was, but this guy runs it called second because he wasn't God. Jesus is God. It's from the book of Numbers, chapter 12. Would you turn there quickly? Numbers 12, verses 1 and following. Now, we sometimes look at the Old Testament saints of God and think, boy, they had it all together. Not true. Far from true. Notice with me in chapter 12 of Numbers, Miriam and Aaron, Aaron is Moses' brother, began to talk against Moses. Now, you remember Moses? He's the one that's leading the people out of Israel, I mean, out of Egypt, and, and into the promised land. He, he's the leader of of, of the whole nation. And, and he had a problem that he stuttered, so he had his brother be the spokesman. This, this man was over it all. And you would think when you have that much power and authority, it would go to your head. Notice what he says. 
verse 1. Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses because of his Cushite wife. For he had married a Cushite. Has the Lord spoken only through Moses, they asked? Hasn't he also spoken through us? And the Lord heard this. Now notice verse 3. Now Moses was a very, my version says, humble. Others say meek. Others say gentle man. More humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. Wow. How do you get that humility? How do you get that gentleness? i tell you how you get it. The Holy Spirit transformed your heart with the gospel of grace. And you understand that apart from that, you are arrogant and you are bitter. And, and you are, you do see your sinfulness. And God begins to change inside and make you more like Christ when you have the Holy Spirit living within you that controls you and you're filled with the Holy Spirit. I love the story that Chuck Swindoll, the famous radio preacher, and now he's the president of Dallas Theological Seminary, he tells the story of a man who went to visit his pastor. This is many years ago, and this fellow sat down in the pastor's study, and he just let the pastor have it. I mean, nothing was right in that church. The choir didn't sing on pitch. The ushers weren't dressed properly. The sermons were weak. They were too long. Um, just thing, one thing, they weren't friendly enough. Um, just went on and on and on and on about everything that was wrong in this particular church. And the, the pastor just sat and he listened and listened to this man just rant for over an hour about everything that was wrong. And finally the fellow stopped. And he said, well, pastor, he said, what do you have to say to these things? And he looked up at this man and he said, sir, he said, I'm glad you don't know me any better than you do. Because if you did, you'd really have something to complain about. That's gentleness, isn't it? That's, that's turning the other cheek. That's giving the blessing rather than the curse. Well, what's the means for that? How do, you, how do you do this? It's simple. Go back with Galatians chapter 5 and just see it from the text. Because here's the fruit, singular fruit. This is the package, not fruits, but one. It comes together. Gentleness, the fruit of the Spirit, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Gentleness. Let me ask you a question as we look at this this morning. If you were to ask your spouse, your best friend, your next-door neighbor your co-worker, your family member, your brother, your sister, and ask them honestly, am I gentle? What would they say? I mean, the people you live with know you. That's the real thing, isn't it? I mean, we can come here and we can put on the facade and we can fool everybody but us and the, the, the ones we live with. But would they say, 
yes, that person is really, really gentle. Gentle. That comes because they understand who they are in Christ. It's not a put-on thing. They understand. Now, there are those that can fake it and pretend that's the way they are, but God knows the heart. Let me give you just a couple of points to think about in terms of this. When God created us, he created us in his image of knowledge, holiness, and righteousness. And because we are his creation, we're creatures bearing his image, and we have obligations to our creator. Acknowledgement of that and who we are will keep us from being self-centered, keep us from being prideful. You see, that's the default button. Pride, self-centeredness, bitterness, anger, those things. Those things that, that Paul mentioned up here in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16 and following. He says those are characteristics of the non-Christian. Now, when you become a Christian, you get a new nature. But things don't change overnight. It is a process that will always continue until the day you go to be with the Lord. But you die more and more to sin and more and more to the righteousness of God. That's called sanctification. Secondly, we are saved for a purpose, and we are trained for a purpose. In Romans chapter 6, when you become a Christian, you get a new nature. There's a new you. Now the old one is still there. It's kicking. It's dying. It flares up every now and then. And one day it'll be completely gone when you go to glory. But he saved you for a purpose. What is that purpose? And, and he's also trained you for a purpose. God brings us into life experiences so that we can grow in humility and gentleness. Many years ago when we were starting this church, one of the elders and I went out to visit a person in the neighborhood. And we sat in this lady's living room and she had visited our church, and she absolutely hated it. We were in a little storefront. We had no choir. We had no youth group. We had nothing to offer a lot of people except the preaching of the Word. Hallelujah for that. And God blessed it, and it started growing. But we sat there, and this lady literally took verbal daggers. And I felt in my heart, oh, my, you just feel that rising up within you, you know, your temper just rising up and you're thinking, I'm going to give her a piece of my mind. As we were sitting there on the couch, this elder, godly man reached over and he patted me on the knee. And he looked at me and he winked and I knew what he was thinking. Shut up. And we took criticism for the next hour. And he smiled and he looked at that lady. And I'll never forget what he said in gentleness. He said, thank you for sharing that. We'll try to correct those problems. You're welcome to come back at any time. I'll never forget that. That is just gentleness in action. That's the fruit of the Spirit. You know, in a few minutes, we're going to come to this table. 
And we're going to observe and remember what our Lord has done for us in humility and gentleness of going to a cross for our sins. We come to the Lord's table. We're reminded of Jesus' unselfishness, giving his life as a ransom for us on the cross. Aren't you glad in the scripture he's described as humble and as gentle? Would you pray with me? Father, thank you. We bless you for your word. We ask now, Father, that as we prepare to come to your table, that your Holy Spirit would guide us. Father, help us to bear the fruit of the Spirit, particularly that of gentleness. In a world that's hostile, in a world that's angry, in a world that's looking for answers, and you tell your people to stand firm, but be gentle. We bless you. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.